think of any classic brand, the Coca-Cola lettering, the Nike swoosh, the Special K, the Christian Cross, um, or certain colours. You know, Facebook has its specific shade of blue. Just Eat's got its shade of orange. Spotify has a shade of green. All of these colours alone are instantly recognisable. And if you see one of those colours on its own, you instantly your brain will make the link with Facebook or Just Eat or Spotify. Mostly because teams of people, boardrooms full of people, will have spent months discussing and poring over and choosing them. As you get your brand out there, your logo and the associated branding will need to trigger the same responses in people once they start to recognise you. Hi and welcome to Big Gig Energy, a podcast by musicians for musicians, helping you get bigger gigs no matter what level you're at. I'm your host Steve Leggett and with 10 years experience as a professional musician doing everything from pubs and functions to travelling the world in the ukulele boy band, I understand that being a musician is rarely the glamorous experience people make it out to be and that building your career up to a point where you get to go pro is about the most challenging professional leap of faith there is. But I'm going to use my experience and insight and maybe a guest or two to help you activate your own big gig energy and take things to the next level, whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out. So let's get to it. Well, hello there and welcome to episode four of Big Gig Energy, the podcast. This is a musician's guide to branding and marketing, seven essentials that you must nail. People love lists at the moment, so, you know, going for another list episode. Hooray! Hopefully the algorithm and people in general will appreciate that. In the last episode, we talked about getting your product nailed. That is, getting your band and your live shows on point. The actual live shows, your gigs themselves. They're your product, they've got to be perfect. It's in episode three, check it out if you haven't already. And we touched on a universal truth, that your band, or your act if you're a solo act, is your brand and that getting your branding nailed is critical to having any kind of success. Which leads us to tip number one, get your branding right. Your band is your brand, and for marketing to have any effect, your branding will need to be spot on. This must include a recognisable logo, a house style, and it needs to be appropriate and relevant to the music you play. In other words, it needs to complement your product, as discussed in episode three. Spend some time selecting a font, coming up with a logo, basic colour palette, you know, certain specific colours which will represent your your brand and make a note of the, there's usually a, a number and letter code for them, I think six digits is the norm, um, and just develop a general sort of house style. This is so important because it's the kind of thing that fans and clients are going to associate with you, and when they see those colours out of context, they're going to think of you as well, if you get it right. For this, I've put together three R's rudimentary keep it simple keep it basic complicated equals forgettable keep it recognizable think of any classic brand the coca-cola lettering the nike swoosh the special k the christian cross um, or certain colors you know facebook has its specific shade of blue just eat's got its shade of orange spotify has a shade of green all of these colors alone are instantly recognizable and if you see one of those colours on its own, you instantly your brain will make the link with Facebook or Just Eat or Spotify. Mostly because teams of people, boardrooms full of people, will have spent months discussing and poring over and choosing them. As you get your brand out there, your logo and the associated branding will need to trigger the same responses in people once they start to recognise you. So we've had rudimentary and we've had recognisable. The third R is relevant. If you're in a Norwegian super black metal band, then Barbie pink cursive lettering is probably not appropriate. 
for Barbie, the brand, the font and that shade of pink encapsulates what it's all about. So it suits it fine and it tells people a lot about what they're buying before they know it's a doll. It gives them an idea of the vibe already. Some of the best brands will tell you everything you need to know about the product or at least complement it by association the moment you see their logo and their general branding slash house style. Tip number two is do social media the right way. Firstly, you've got to think carefully about which platforms you want to engage with. You know, they come and they go, and sometimes it can feel difficult to to know where to invest your time. I remember there was one when I first started with Ukebox, and it was short videos. And I can't remember what it was called. It wasn't Snapchat. Um, but the fact that I can't remember what it was called says an awful lot about the success of that platform and the time that we invested in trying to work out how to do it, although it sort of ended up leading to TikTok and it's kind of linked to Snapchat as well, it still shows that some of them can be a flash in the pan. So you've got to decide very carefully which ones you're going to actually bother engaging on. Generally, at time of recording, Facebook is probably best if your audience are primarily over 40. TikTok is probably best if they're primarily under 30. And Instagram is sort of the in-between best one, which features people from both camps and sort of the gap in between people in their 30s. Although by the time this goes out, that could well have changed. (laughs) So the best advice I can give is research what the current main social media sites are. And then once you choose to engage with them and set up your branding on each one, just tailor your content to each specific site. So, you know, Instagram has its reels, but it's primarily a photo sharing website or at least it should be so focus on photos and reels for that whereas snapchat obviously do more off the cuff random average daily life type you know just play to what each site requires and the algorithm of the site will reward you and if a site tries to bring out a new thing so i personally hate instagram reels but when instagram first brought them out the platform and the algorithm rewarded the heck out of anybody that bothered to do them because obviously they wanted to push them forward. So if a site tries a new thing, make a point of jumping on it as soon as you can and you will be rewarded in the algorithm, which will mean eyes on you and increase the chance of going viral or just generally being recognised by more people and getting more eyes on who you are and more eyes on your brand and more eyes on what you do generally. But yeah, as a rule, avoid just posting the same content to everything. If you have three or four different platforms, if you post the same thing to everyone, it's going to lose your followers because a lot of people are on multiple different platforms as well. And if they're seeing the exact same content on every single one, they're going to unfollow you on all but one of them if they don't just get rid of you altogether. But conversely, if people follow you on multiple platforms and you're doing different things on each one, it can be a great way of showing different sides of your personality and your branding and what you do all at the same time. So it can be very beneficial to be showing these different sides of yourself on these different platforms as and when. Don't forget that your profile slash grid will act as a bit of a shop window, a bit of a CV. So even if an individual post doesn't get as much traction, it can come in handy down the line. Because if somebody decides they're going to do their due diligence on you and do a bit of research and see what you're about, they're going to see this content. And if it's good quality, it's not going to necessarily matter that it's not got thousands of likes. But make sure you stay relevant. And for heaven's sake, don't just shitpost to play the algorithm. Don't be that douchebag that posts an image with text on it to the effect of like this post if you enjoy breathing air or comment below if you don't want your best friend to die in a plane crash. It's just 
goddamn lazy and irrelevant and it adds nothing to your brand or people's perception of you if anything people are going to see it and go what a bell end like have they got nothing better to say it's just not a good look it might bring you some short-term engagement but it's not going to help you in the long run at all so just don't be that guy also on a similar note on a similar vein if you're going to be that guy that uses your band profile to comment on posts by other bigger bands whose fans you want to poach make sure your engagement of this nature is relevant to the post you're commenting on don't just comment a fire emoji or be that whopper that commented on every single one of Kanye's posts when he was on Instagram with a copy pasted you know yay to go no cap just keep your engagement relevant and if you do that right it can be mutually beneficial and it can be a good way of playing the algorithm but if you get it wrong and you do it in an irrelevant matter it just makes you look desperate it's sad people are going to pity you they're not going to think oh yeah this is somebody i want to check out they're just going to go oh my god is this person so successful that they've got time to be commenting on literally everything because that's the other thing is people if you comment on loads of different bands similar to yourself the same thing on every single one odds are if you do have a target market they're going to follow a lot of the same bands as well they're going to see you commenting the same shit on every single one of the bands they already like and then again they're just going to think well this is just somebody desperately trying to market and trying to play the algorithm and not succeeding whereas if they see you putting something relevant and pertinent and basically abiding by grice's maxims then they're more likely to come away and go right okay they've piqued my interest i will click on their page and see who they are and not just to hate on you Now, a painful and a necessary part of dealing with social media is that when you get to a point, and usually this is the sign you're starting to get somewhere, sign that you're starting to reach a kind of success is when you start getting haters and you start getting trolls and people posting nasty stuff on your things. It's going to happen when you reach a certain point. And to be honest, it's a badge of success. If you get somebody commenting on something you post saying, that's shit or you're shit or something to that effect, yeah, it's a sign you're starting to get somewhere so first of all if that happens well done but make sure if you're going to engage with it make sure you stay playful if you engage well with this stuff it can be great for pr and your engagement stats and your reach because obviously every comment on a post helps increase its reach because the algorithm thinks oh well people are commenting on that so it must be good so i'll push it further so in a weird, messed up way, trolls can really help. And there's a lot of people who have gamed the system by, you know, you see a lot with ad agencies where they'll put an ad out with a deliberate spelling mistake or saying something inflammatory, knowing that people are going to react to it in a visceral way. And that reaction gets this ad seen by loads and loads of eyes that wouldn't have seen it otherwise. And as far as the ad campaign is concerned, that's a massive success. So engaging with these people, it can be worth doing. But, you know, just don't act defensive or offended when you're dealing with this, because that just feeds the trolls and gives them what they want. Show some big dick energy. If somebody comments on something saying that you're shit, just consider replying with a heartfelt, caring comment. You know, if they're particularly nasty, consider asking them how their divorce is going, or if their sister is out of rehab yet. Make it look like you're genuinely concerned. Don't seem nasty, don't seem reactive. Just be like, you know, somebody's like, you're a fucking shit. Just be like, well... I hope you're okay, man. You know, by all means, reach out if you ever want to talk. I hope your family are all doing okay. That sort of thing. Just come across really. 
The other approach, and this is something I particularly love doing, is just come across with something completely random and confusing. You know, think 1970s Stanley Unwin. Um, Google him. This works great in person too, if anyone gives you grief at a gig. Uh, my personal favourite, if somebody comes at me with something aggressive or someone's trying to start a fight or something like that, I just like to just come at them with, my walls are four foot tall. And they're like, what? And you just reply earnest with just some non-combative statement that just sows confusion and just makes no sense at all. And they go from being angry and aggressive to going, the hell? It just stops them enough. And it's, I think psychologists call it an adrenaline dump. Um, just where the sheer power of confusion can completely derail an aggressive train of thought. And obviously be really good fun to deal with. So, you know, think before you type. Don't react with emotion. And if you're going to react, react with love or with something so goddamn confusing that it diffuses the situation. And it'll make you look like the bigger person, which ultimately, from a PR standpoint, is what you want. Don't just react with, well, I put it to you that you sucked off a horse, you know, or anything, anything like that. So, yeah, in conclusion, choose your platforms well and choose what you post even more carefully still. Tip number three, get a website. There's not a whole lot to say really about this. Um, it's increasingly pointless in this day and age to have a website just because social media is so powerful and so few people will bother finding people just by surfing the net in the old school way we used to back in the day. But having a website that you can signpost to via your business cards and your branding and your social media and such like. It's a great way of showing that you're serious about what you do and showing your branding in its purest state, undiluted by whatever formatting your social media of choice forces upon it. You can just have a proper market stand set out exactly how you want it to be set out. You can have everything formatted in one place, all of your photos, your videos, your portfolio. If you've got upcoming dates, you can show them off there. If you have stuff to sell, you can set up an e-commerce section on the website. Certainly e-commerce is well worth looking into. But as a general thing, these days really, just having a website, it's just credibility. It just shows that you take what you're doing serious enough to actually bother doing a website, which so few people do. So many professionals, not just in music, but um. You know, we see it as a guitar tech. You can tell the serious guitar techs because they're the ones that have a website and they aren't just advertising via Facebook Marketplace. It's worth doing. And the website itself doesn't matter so much as the fact that you have one. Tip number four, get some photos done. Um, Specifically, get some good photos done. Stand in front of a graffiti-covered looking wall looking moody. I dare you. I double dare you. Do that and see if it gets you anywhere it's you know just have a think about what you're doing come up with something that seems on brand <sighs> the graffiti covered wall thing it's such a cliche i actually had a photographer suggest it to my band once and they just lost instant instantly lost all credibility with us completely like oh it'll look really edgy i'm like dude it's it must have been 2014 15 at the time and it's like bro come on that was that was a bad, old, tired, cliched idea in about 1995. So, you know, the guy charged us a fortune as well. I think it was 1400 quid for the shoot, but I digress. 
just come up with something original, something interesting, um, something that shows off who you are. And again, just that ties into your branding. It needs to fit the aesthetic of what you're doing. The music needs to fit the images. The images need to fit that. It needs to show off who you are. Just aim for quality and something shows off your overall vibe. You know, it, even in terms of keeping things classy, just a blank studio backdrop and some good lighting. And then you in your sort of whatever your band look is, outfits with or without instruments, you know, that can look really good if you if you get it done right. You know, find a photographer who doesn't just have a good camera, but also has a good eye. Look at their portfolio and choose someone that shares your vision and creates images that you like. You know, have a stalk through their Instagram and their website. You know, if they've got a website, you'll know they're more serious, C.3 above. Um Swerve the guys that take pictures of babies in shopping centres or, you know, people that used to work on the cabaret circuit, that sort of thing. You know, just um, you need somebody that's got their finger on the pulse a little bit. Um, on the subject of film versus digital, as someone that shoots both, I'd say um, film is amazing, but a decent digital photographer will be able to make a digital shot look exactly like film, but it wouldn't work the other way around. And digital offers so much more flexibility when it comes down to editing. It's so much cheaper to work with. And it's generally a much safer option. You, know, you can look at shots on the fly while you're there. And if you realise by accident that something looks good, then you can explore that a bit more. It's just, yeah, it's much more flexible and it's much more safe. And you're more likely to come, particularly if you're paying for the session, you want to come away with some shots you can actually use. And with film, it's just a little bit risky. So. If you're on the fence, err on the side of digital. Tip number five, sort out some videos and a showreel. Videos are really useful. You know, I'm talking like a, a clip of you guys playing one song all the way through start to finish. Or a music video, if you're in the original scene. They're really useful, but in terms of getting more and or better gigs, a little five to seven minute video showreel demonstrating a range of songs that you play just faded into each other clips of a few songs it's such a better bet and that should be your initial priority prospective clients don't need to see entire songs just pick a song from your set that has a good start a song from your set that has a good finish and then just use 30 second clips of those to bookend some 30 second clips from a few more you know 30 second you know 30 second to a minute but try and keep the whole thing under about seven minutes, um, just because people have very short attention spans. If someone's deciding if they're going to hire you or not, the odds are they're going to do it in the first three seconds, and the rest of it's just going to be to confirm that their gut was right and that you're not shit. But once that's done, yeah, a few carefully chosen videos of songs and some music or lyric videos for original songs will really add some credibility in addition to your showreel. But again, it's just quality over quantity. Same with the photos. The audio on your videos has got to be studio quality. It's got to sound good. And the video has got to be high definition, crisp, in focus, not shaky or anything like that. You know, if, if you're using a, a mobile camera, get a steady cam, or rather hire somebody with a steady cam. Ultimately, if people look at your showreel and your videos and they turn you down for gigs, it should be because they don't like what you're playing or how you're playing it, and not because it looks and sounds like you recorded it using a potato jammed into an iPhone 3GS input. Tip number six, get some quality recordings. 
These don't need to be expensive, but they do need to not be shit. Quantity over quality. A good three-track EP, if well-produced, is infinitely better than an album that sounds like you recorded it in your nan's shed. Get a few recordings, but get them right. And I'll say it again, quality over quantity. We'll talk a bit about merchandising in another episode, but for most intents and purposes, it's usually best, specifically for originals bands, to only ever hope to break even on recordings, so treat them as marketing. Appearing on Spotify and finding a way onto recommended playlists, it will give you credibility, but also it's the best way to be found these days. You know, Spotify, YouTube to a lesser extent as well. Any new music I've discovered in the last year has been through YouTube or through Spotify. You know, if you put an album on, when the album finishes, Spotify auto-plays with similar stuff. I found some amazing bands through that. I can't believe how well the algorithm has known what I'd be into. And it's recommended some great bands, specifically, um, who was it? Um, Cannons is a big one to discover this year. They've got a song called Hurricane. It's amazing. Came on after, might have been Metronomy or something. And it was brilliant. And I'm glad I came across it. And that was only because they were on Spotify. They've not even done a physical release, I don't think, at time of recording of their album. But I came across it via a Spotify recommendation. So in terms of them having recorded the album, in terms of marketing, they've got someone in Manchester now listening to their stuff. And I've shown it to a few people who've also liked it. And it's spread all because it's on Spotify and because it's a good sounding recording. So, yeah, get some recordings and focus on getting some good ones rather than having lots of them don't have a full album if it's not going to sound good so the final tip tip number seven spend time getting your biography right um for starters for the love of god don't say you're hailing from somewhere unless you can prove with a dna test you're at least part of viking you come from somewhere you are from somewhere you do not hail from martlesham you know you you are from martlesham a biography is essential as part of a promo pack and every single social media outlet will need some kind of biography it only needs to be a short paragraph and just needs to explain who you are where you're from how long you've been going kind of stuff you play it's tricky to get it right it's a bit like the opening statement on a cv or you know like the the writing bit you do on a dating profile um so just spend some time getting it nice and snappy just like a dating profile less is usually more don't give them your life story just get people interested and give enough answers to the immediate questions people will have that they feel you're not holding stuff back i guess answer the questions you'd want to hear answered if you were just checking them out for the first time let's say at this point you've seen the name and you've seen the photo and you're now looking at the bio to find out more answer the questions that people will have at that point spend some time on it It's a faff, and there's no right or wrong answer, but you'll know when you've got it right, and it will be worth having got it right. So, there we are, really. Seven essential tips for branding and marketing as a band or musician. We've got get your branding right, do social media the right way, get a website, get some photos done, get some recordings done, get some videos done, and get a biography. If your band are missing any of these things and wondering why you've hit a bit of a ceiling or why things aren't quite getting off the ground or just want to progress in general, have another listen through this podcast and make some notes and let me know how you get on once you've got all of this in place. I promise you, I assure you, it will make a world of difference to have all of these things taken care of to the right standard. And if you have them already, look at them again and see if they could be improved. You know, the recordings you did a couple of years ago, maybe it's time for new ones that sound better because you can always, no matter how good they are, 
you can always improve on all of these things. Your website can always be better. Your photos can always be better. Your recordings can always be better. You can always do more and better videos. Video technology is coming along at such a rate at the moment. Even if you use the best possible equipment in a couple of years, it's going to look fairly obsolete compared to modern, much cheaper solutions. So take it all seriously, look into it all, and you will come on leaps and bounds as a result. People's perception of you, because at the end of the day, branding and marketing, it's about perceptions. It's about building up an idea in your fans' heads of what you represent, the quality that you embody. And if you get it right and people associate you with quality and take you seriously as a result of getting these things right, it all pays for itself. And that's how you can spread, really, how you can get your name out there, get the band out there, get your music out there and get more and better gigs, which is what this is all about at the end of the day. So thanks for listening. Next time, we'll be looking at promo packs and merchandising. See you then. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Big Gig Energy Podcast. This is the bit where I'm obliged to fish for engagement and stuff, so you can find me on Instagram as Big Gig Energy, that's B-I-G-G-I-G-E-N-E-R-G-Y, or you can get in touch via email at biggigenergy at gmail.com. I'll uh, link anything relevant in the show notes below, but otherwise, if you've had any thoughts on this episode or would be interested in some one-to-one coaching for yourself and or your band, feel free to get in touch. Otherwise, do all the usual social media stuff, I guess, and let's keep the discussion going. Many thanks as ever to all my supporters and collaborators, and as always, best of luck with your next big gig.